Welcome back to another episode of Tell Me Sis podcast featuring your two favorite sisters, Alex and Kyla. Hi, everyone. Welcome back. It's been a minute since we've chatted. Yeah, well, it feels like a minute because we we did two episodes back to back when we recorded. Yes. So it's been a while since we last recorded, but... And we have been busy bees over we've here. Been very, very busy. Yeah, I um, have been working a lot because I got a lot of things come in kind of like last minute um, for work that I wanted to get done because I am going on a trip to Europe at the end of the month. And so I want to get everything done before I go so I don't have to like scramble when I get home. Yeah. Because I have a few things due when I get home, but I'd rather them be sent in prior. Yeah. Makes sense. You don't have to worry about it when you're away. Exactly. Because how campaigns work if you don't know anything about like working in social media. Um, Basically, if I'm working on a collaboration with a brand, if they have a certain campaign that I need to shoot for them. I usually you send it in a few days prior then they go over it they come back with a round of edits if there are I usually allow one round of edits yeah typically they don't because we really go over everything beforehand but sometimes I'll like make a mistake or they were like oh can you like reshoot this one thing so I'll come back with those edits and then they're approved and ready to go live so I have a few of these things due when I get come home but I'd rather them be sent in prior so that I can get all that done. So when I come home, I don't have them do. They're already finished and I can just have them go live. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And you already have like <clears throat> normally brands too. They'll be like, okay, send it in for approval. We have to make sure everything's approved. Yeah. So that way, you know, while you're away or for when you come home, it's like, okay, like this is approved. It's good to go. Yeah. Or like I need to like fix this in this one video and like you just have to fix like a certain little part yeah. as opposed to f- like recording the entire thing from yeah. scratch. I don't allow reshooting like in our contracts the way my management deals with it is like we don't allow reshooting. What we do if there's a lot of specific requirements beforehand like this one company I'm working with right now I sent in like a detailed shot by shot written out list of how I'm going to make this content. Yeah. So I like wrote down, okay, intro is going to be this, the first shot, the first angle, then I'm going to mention the product here. This is exactly what I'm going to say. This is what I think. And then like shot by shot so they can get a visual of what the video is going to be like. So they're actually making edits on that first before I even shoot. Yeah. So that by by the time it's actually coming down to you sitting down and recording the actual content, it's like you already know it's going to get approved because they already pretty much approved it. So it's a lot easier that way. Obviously, things sometimes turn out differently. Like maybe something might be too dark or they're like, actually, we liked when you switch this with that, you know. So sometimes you'll still get one round of edits, but I don't allow a reshoot. Okay, yeah. Because I'm like, they're things take time to film. Yeah. If I'm going to take this amount of time out of my day away from my child, to shoot something then it's i'm gonna make sure that it's proper exactly like it's approved that's a good way of going about it too Mm -hmm. i've never done it like that i was always just kind of like at the company's disposal like obviously i follow the the contract and like i do like changes to the contract prior to shooting but by the time it came down to filming the content um if the company was like oh actually like could you like do this or like add this in the video i'll just be like you know what i'm just gonna like start from scratch and do an entire reshoot but like sometimes content that you have to take for companies 
is so time consuming. I know people don't that realize. That it's like it's it takes like a day away from you because mm-hmm. not only are you taking that half day or even sometimes full day to actually shoot the content, then you have to sit down and edit everything together and send it in for approval. So it's like sometimes it, it's like 2 days of work. And it, it depends on like what kind of content you're shooting too, right? For myself, if it's like a reel, which reels can be anywhere from a minute to a minute and a half. You know, sometimes they can be even shorter than that, but I like to make them around a minute long and that minute can take hours Yeah, to shoot, edit, put together, send in like it's, it's, oh, it's a sometimes lot of work. Sometimes it's difficult too. Cause if, if it's like a lifestyle reel and you want to get like the perfect angle, you want it to be like a specific mood mm-hmm. in the video and like the lighting outside is changing. Even sometimes it's like, I've worked with brands where they're like, we want natural light. You sitting in front of the window with only natural light, no like lights on in your place yeah. or like a fake light, like studio light shining at you. But like it's raining for the next five days. Yeah. Like, know. you know, there's been times where I am um, prior to shooting. If I look at the weather and let's say a company requests that, like my management will literally be like pass. Like if that's like the main requirement and like she can't use you know, a ring light or something, then pass. Because like, what are we supposed to do? Change the weather for you? Like we can't. It's too dark. Yeah. It's going to look grainy. It's not going to look nice. And it's not part of my brand. Yeah, exactly. And Okay, for example, or the brand just has to be like, okay, wait for the first nice day for you to start shooting, which also is inconvenient because well, if there's a tight turnaround, sometimes they'll actually be like, okay, it's fine if she uses a ring light. Okay, like it, ha- it does happen. For example, like Alex Earl, yeah, almost all her videos she uses that Amazon light that um, attaches to her phone, right? That like yep. viral one. So a brand, if they know anything about Alex Earl on TikTok they're going to know that she shoots that way. So if they approached her with a campaign that's like, but it can only be natural lighting, she'd probably be like, do you know anything about me? Yeah, seriously. <laughs> like, her lighting know? is like always flawless in her videos, I which know. is just like not natural at all. I know. So it's it's funny sometimes, like I'll literally have a meeting with a brand where they're like, we're such huge fans of you. We love your content. We love everything you put out, blah, blah, blah. Like we're, they like really juice you up. And then throughout the meeting, they're like, do you do YouTube videos? <laughs> and I'm like, I thought you were a fan. Yeah, like if you know anything about me, you know they're I like, started you, off on YouTube. They're like, you should get on YouTube if you're not already. And literally, my management will, like my managers will literally like internally be dying of laughter because they're like, you're so phony. Oh my God. It's just, I get it. Like not every company can be a fan of every single person they're working with, but do a little research. Especially if that's your job, you know, I your know. social media. Like for me... When I, uh, like, this was, what, two years ago, I worked for a company where my job was literally to go out and, like, find influencers that Mm -hmm. are right up our alley, like, in this location, this amount of followers, Mm -hmm. these are the platforms they post on, like, it's part of your research, it's, it was my least favorite thing to do. But you still had to do it. But I still had to do it, and, like, I always wanted to make sure that before reaching out to the influencer, I'm Mm -hmm. not going to sound dumb. And like, not only do I have to know uh, what platforms they're on, I also have to know the type of content that they take. So I'd actually have to watch their videos and stuff. Yeah, because you want... It's so time consuming. It is. And it's just like one of those things where I don't get personally insulted by it because I'm like, I don't care. Yeah. But it's kind of like... I don't know. It almost, it doesn't rub don't me the wrong way. Don't pitch yourself as a huge fan if you're not yes, actually a exactly. huge fan. Yes, exactly. It's kind of like, it just seems fake. 
and then it turns you off of the brand because you're very authentic and you yeah. only promote brands that you genuinely like so then but it is like a lot of the times though not a lot it doesn't happen this doesn't happen happen often but it has happened and they they'll say things like so what is it you know we love the fact that you're a young mom and i'm like i'm 32 i'm not a young mom like do you some look, research you look very young though. i know but like <laughs> literally it's not like i hide my age online yeah you know so if you're saying you're a big fan you follow all my content you know everything about me don't say things like you should get on youtube if you're not already oh my god what's it like being a young were mom? you 29 when you got pregnant with arky uh 28 29 i just turned 29 like i literally got pregnant in july okay and I gave birth and I wasn't, I was 29 when I gave birth. Okay. My God, that's crazy. So young. I know. I didn't feel young, but like, it's because a young mom typically is under the age of 25. Yeah. When you're thinking young mom. Yeah. So 29, I'm like, that's not a young mom. Like, yeah, that's pretty normal. You know, it's just crazy. Cause I'm 30 and I could not imagine myself having a kid right now. I mean, you and a lot of other people, it's, it's, it's really, just, I see how you and Dan later. are with, uh, with Arky. And I'm like, man, like if I could be half the parent that they are with their son, Aww. it's like, it's being a parent is so much work. And like, I just had a cat, right? I was, <laughs> I was cat sitting and like, cats are like typically not dependent. Like you don't, yeah. It, it really doesn't require that much work. And like just having Nika, I was like, okay, like this is, it's definitely a little bit of like a, a wake up call because I had to make sure I learned a lot about myself having a cat. I realized <laughs> that I have a lot of like quote unquote mom guilt. So if the cat, if he was alone for too long during the day and like people would tell me like, it's fine, Kyla, like he's a cat, they could be alone or like even my friend whose cat it belongs to does that make sense what I yeah yeah the owner Um, of Nika the owner of Nika like she's very much like you know Nika's more dependent and like make sure you're giving him attention and love and stuff like she's very she loves her cat more than Mm -hmm. anything but she would even tell me like babe you have a life like don't worry he's gonna be fine like yeah he'll probably give you shit if you've been at work all day and you're coming home late but like at the end of the day you have your life that you have to live He's you so know? cute but i had so much mom guilt like i'd be at work all day and, and i was like maybe i should get one of those like cameras that i can like watch what he's doing during the day and just make sure he's okay and like talk to him or after work i'd want to go to the gym or go to mom and dad's for a run and the whole time i would just be thinking like oh my god poor nika i need to be home by this time if i'm not home at this time like he's gonna be so depressed Aww. and like when i was home i had to come check on him a lot just to make he would just be sleeping like on my couch and i'd be like i just have to make sure that he knows i love him it's good it means you have like a good motherly instinct in you but like it just it was it was like a foreshadow into my future like i already know i'm gonna be that mom that has major mom guilt and so much anxiety over my kids yeah but i mean you're aware yeah but I was like, and yeah, it's also am very, I ready for kids? No. But it's very normal to feel that way as a mother, especially a first-time mom. People don't realize... I mean, everyone knows the responsibility of having children. Yeah. Hopefully, people know that. Yeah. But I don't think people realize the emotional side of things in a lot of aspects. Like, you know, you're going to love your kid. You know, you're going to be nervous if they're, like, out doing stuff, whatever. whatever. But, like the mom guilt you have or even the shame you get from other parents like i was literally out for i lunch. could never Kyla, i was out for lunch with one of my best friends who was a, a kid 
and we were sitting at a restaurant and she put her son on the floor to like crawl around a little bit and she was kind of like oh maybe i shouldn't do that because like i don't want people like other people to stare at me and be like what is she doing with her child that's so unhealthy or so un not unsafe but like dirty blah blah, blah, whatever and i was like oh my gosh i literally could not care at all what other people think of like what i do as a mom i think it's because i get so much not i don't get so much hate online but i got a lot of criticism for how certain uh decisions i made as a mother from like random people online i don't care about that if it were to happen in real life i think it would just go right yeah it's like it it made you get have really thick skin but i i told Catherine, i'm like i would never change what I want to do because someone else is giving me a dirty look. Cause like maybe it's something that they do with their kid is something I disagree with. Yeah. You know, like, okay. Yeah. The floor is a little bit dirty. My kid ate fucking sand the other day. You know what I mean? Like it's, there's things I obviously would avoid doing, but I'm not going to let another person judging me. Yeah. Change. Cause what works for you may not work for someone else and their kid. Like yeah. every kid is different too. Yeah. I mean like there's certain things it's, it's, it's just human instinct, I guess, to like have your judgments, but it's like you should know better better than to say something to a person unless you see yeah. like something really messed up happening. Well, like yeah, there's someone a, hits their kid really hard or like, yeah, yeah. like trigger warning, sorry. Yeah. But you know, yeah, otherwise it's like just line. stay out of it. It has nothing to do with you. Yeah. There's actually there was um a Reddit thread, which I feel like would be so funny if we did an episode all about Am I the Asshole? Because do you know that Reddit thread of Am I the Asshole? You've told me about it and you've read a few stories to me. And it's so funny because I literally there was this one time where a guy wrote in. He's like, am I the asshole in this situation? Please let me know. So his quick story was that he was running late for work, which he's never usually late for work, but he was running late for whatever reason that morning. And he lives on like one of the top floors of this really high skyscraper apartment apartment building in New York City. Okay. And he had to go to work. So he obviously has to go down the elevator all the way down and like get out and whatever so he goes down the first few floors it opens and a woman comes in with her kid who's maybe like five or six years old and the kid proceeds to touch all the buttons of the elevator you know like all the floors like that so that it's going to stop at every single floor and he's late right and the mom isn't saying anything and the kid is like banging his head like being a nuisance and um the man I think the kid came up to the man and kind of like was running around his legs or did something. And the man like made a comment about like, can you like watch your kid or something to the woman? And she lost it at him. She was like, don't ever tell people what to do with their kids. Like, it's not your business. You're such an asshole. Like, blah, blah, blah. And he was kind of shocked with her reaction. And then he got off the next floor and just like went to a different elevator. Yeah. But he was like, what the hell just happened? He was like, am I the asshole for saying something? Because like, really, let me know. I don't think so. Because like, here's the here is the thing, though. I think that when your kid is doing something to to disrupt someone else's life, that's when you as a parent have to uh, take a step up and and be like, no like discipline your child in that moment like you see you're obviously in an elevator this man is obviously going to one of the top floors because you see the button that he pressed it's lit up and your kid is like clicking all of these buttons it's common sense to just be like don't do that Mm -hmm. um but if your kid is just you know talking to you or minding his own business and someone's gonna say something then it's like okay no you are an asshole yeah I, I agree with that if it's inconveniencing someone else then then yeah i think it's okay if the person says something yeah you know what i mean because like 
there have been times where I've been in situations where kids are doing something that's annoying to me, but it doesn't doesn't change my life. They're yeah. just being kind of annoying. And I'm not going to go up to the parent and be like, tell your kid to stop doing this when it literally is doing nothing to me. Yeah. They're just kind of being annoying. But yeah. like whatever, kids are annoying. I remember there was one time I was in New Zealand and I was sitting down on, on the grass with a group of people. And there was a family that was sitting right beside us. And their kids were running around like crazy and uh, flying a kite. But the the thing that was annoying me was that the kids kept running into us and like hitting us. Okay, well that's like really yeah. hard. And the the parents were just doing nothing about it. And it was like three times that it happened back to back. And then there was someone in the group that I was with that kind of like n- put his hand out. And he didn't push the kid, but he kind of and like looked directly at the mom and was like kind of like yeah, I guess pushed the kid away from him a little bit and the mom just didn't say anything and then finally someone in my group was like in a very polite way he was like excuse me ma'am like your kid keeps running into us can you just yeah can you say something to him and she didn't freak out or anything but the look she gave him was like such a dirty look and I had to bite my tongue so hard in that moment because I was like your kid is first of all I felt like I had a concussion for how fast that and hard that kid ran into me like he hit me so freaking hard in the head oh and i was like this is like totally not okay some parents though like sometimes what i have done in the past which i know a lot of parents would get equally as mad but sometimes it actually helps instead of telling the parent what to do to the kid i'll be like i'll literally talk to the kid be like hey sweetie like just be careful because you hit me really hard last time and like it kind of hurt just like tell the like just as if just like be nice about it and sometimes the parent will be like oh my god i'm so sorry and then like then they'll intervene versus you being like hey your kid is hitting me can you do something about it you know then the parent gets like a all this like pride and is like oh i'm not gonna admit that my kid is wrong or yeah or they feel shame yeah whereas like if i'm just like hey like watch out you know like last time it kind of hurt um sometimes the parent it still gets mad because they're like stop parenting my kid but like most of the time the parent will step in and be like oh my god i'm so sorry yeah you know if i'm just like oh be careful like i don't want you to hurt yourself yeah if i'm if i'm just nice about it or for example if there's a kid that's really annoying arky and the parent isn't saying anything like it's happened quite a few times where like a kid is like rough with arkham and the parent is just like watching like they don't say anything and i'm not going to be like um can you tell your kid to stop strangling my son like things like that i'll just be like arkham if you don't like when this person is squeezing you too hard please ask them politely to stop and so Arkham was like, stop, please. And then the parent was like, okay, yeah, so-and-so, please stop doing that to Arkham. Yeah, because you make it more about your parenting your own child in this situation yeah. as opposed to the parent's kid. Yeah. So, like, the parent won't feel shame, but they'll actually just feel, that's actually so smart. They'll yeah. just feel guilty. I learned that in in my, um, not psychology class, what am I saying, uh, with my therapist. Oh, my God, that's actually so smart. There's all these little things on, like. It works every single time. Yeah. Because I'm like. And Where also, it, and, and you're Ar- also Arkham, still teaching Arky yeah, something. Yeah, Arky should stick up for himself. So yeah. it's like I am still doing something about it. Because like he'll so literally cute. just stand there and like let someone squeeze him so hard, and like he doesn't like it. And I'm like, Arky, you can say stop, please, please stop. I don't like that. No, thank you. And the way he probably says it is like, please stop. When his yeah. voice cracks sometimes. I know. <laughs> He's such when a I came sweet over boy. yesterday, I went to my parents' place for dinner, uh, without even telling them. Yeah. And when I showed up, my sister and Dan were there with Arky. They're all having dinner. And I was like, I walk in. I'm like, at the second I saw your car, I was like in my car going to park. And I was like, Arky, monkey moon. I was like, monkey. 
<laughs> so I park and I'm like, I literally sprinted inside. <laughs> the second I walk in, I'm like, monkey. And he's like, Auntie Kanya, sit, come sit. He's like, I eating food. Yeah. <laughs> what, what was he saying? He was, he was, uh, he was saying, not what he that, but. What do you do that? <laughs> is that what he was saying no he, he said always says what do you do and that and then you I'm corrected like, him you're like arky it's this oh and so, when he was saying where am i because he, he's trying to say where am i because like, he's hiding is that oh what where am about? me he goes uh no what does he say where i am he's where so i am cute. or something where me are or something like that he says yeah, it wrong it's it was so cute so cute and he kept getting mad at me i was like because i was drinking red wine and he wanted me to make a mess with him and jump on the pillow so i was like arky i'm just drinking my wine i can't jump with my wine he goes put it put it down put it down <laughs> <laughs> um, but i need to finish it first put it down <laughs> sometimes he's so bossy and i'm like okay if you're gonna keep bossing me i don't want to play with you anymore <laughs> like stop telling me what to do let me play that's so funny i know he gets bossy with me too sometimes he goes kyla no there yeah kyla go play play i'm like i am kyla playing go. come close i'm like i'm close and i'm yeah. playing stop <laughs> oh little monkey when he was jumping on the pillows yesterday i'm getting sidetracked now but when he was jumping on the pillows um his little bum i know it's so small so he's the best Okay, we should, so we should get <laughs> yeah, we should get into today's episode. Um, so we're doing a little advice column. We have been doing these things where you write in like crazy stories about whatever situations you've been in. And then I've been getting a few uh, emails and DMs from people being like, I would love if you were to do an advice episode because I'm in a situation that I would love advice for. And so I was like, oh, that's actually a really good idea. So we're going to do an advice you guys wrote in to our um it's like an anonymous google forms thing so we can't see who wrote in so feel we'll keep it as a highlight if ever you want to write in more we'll probably do these more often but i'll we're just going to go back and forth and give our advice on these subjects so the first one is i'm still a virgin and feel really insecure about it any advice um no <laughs> Okay, nice. <laughs> First of all, how old advice are you? column. No advice. Well, how old? There's no context, eh? No, but like whether or not whatever age they are, um, as long as you're of, of age, I'm assuming they feel you, like you give your advice first. My advice is: what is the reason as to why you want to lose your virginity so bad? Like, I want to know what is the reason. Is it because you feel like you're behind all your friends? Is it feel like because like you feel pressured into doing it do you feel like you need to do it because i do have some friends who are currently still virgins and the big reason as to why they haven't slept with someone is because they haven't found the right person and they're not into sleeping around like they don't want to just have sex to have sex yeah like, although there's times in their life where they're like oh maybe i'll just get over with but at the same time they're like no i don't want to do that yeah um i think there's a lot of pressure when it comes to sex in a lot of ways so without any context um i would say don't be insecure because it's actually a lot more common than you think yeah i i hear stories and i even know people personally who are late 20s early 30s mm -hmm. who are still virgins and um the the one piece of advice that i would give is 
and I know this is so much easier said than done, but try your best not to compare yourself to other people because everyone is different. Mm -hmm. Everyone has their own path and don't just don't do it because you feel like it's something that you absolutely have to do. If it's more just because you want to lose your virginity and you want to experience it, by all means, go for it. Mm -hmm. Just just choose who you're going to do that with wisely. Yeah, because I think I know for myself because I was like one of the last ones out of all my friends to lose my virginity. So I felt like there was a lot of pressure and I felt like I was old. I wasn't, but I felt like I was 17. Okay. And I felt like I was old at the time because some of my friends had been having sex for like two years yeah and i was like i haven't even really like done anything with a guy let alone like sleep with them and for context where we're raised and like our friend group and our family we're not religious so we never grew up in that kind of environment where like you have to wait till marriage to like have sex that's just not it wasn't something that we i ever really even knew of until yeah like social media really i didn't know that was a thing so all my friends like I was one of the last ones out of all my friends to lose my virginity and um, I kind of regretted a little bit in the sense that I kind of just did it to do it. Yeah. You know, I, I don't, I don't like wish I could go back in time and change it because that's not really, yeah. you know, but at the same time, I'm kind of <coughs> like, bless Excuse you. Me. I'm kind of like. I wish I had the confidence in myself to be like, I don't care if I'm one of the last ones to lose my virginity. Yeah. Like, I don't care. It's going to happen when it's going to happen when I want it to happen. Like, whatever. Yeah. Also, 17 is like a very normal age. I was 17 as well. Uh, yeah, but and at the I time, was, I didn't realize that. Right. Yeah. Whereas, and now it's like, that's not young, but I, I feel only like had I'm, one friend that, uh, no, two friends that were doing it before me. And, and then everyone else was like still a virgin. Yeah. See, I guess because a lot of my friends were a lot more mature than I was. Um, so they have been doing it for a while. But now hearing stories of, you know, with social media, you you connect with so many other people and, and realizing that, like, it's very normal to, to lose it in your 20s, even sometimes 30s. Like, yeah. it, it happens. And I don't feel like you need to pressure yourself into doing it. But I also understand the feeling of being insecure. So, like, I do understand that feeling and how it is frustrating but try not to um, try not to let yourself feel insecure. I know that's like the dumbest advice ever. It's, but it's, That's the thing, too, is that it, everything that we're saying is obviously so much easier said than done. Yeah. And like I'm trying to put myself in in your shoes as well. And I know that it probably feels impossible not to compare yourself to other people. Mm-hmm. But at the end of the day, you need to do things for you and put yourself first so that really that's that's the only piece of advice that we and if you want to just get it out of the way like if that's really there's nothing wrong with there is nothing wrong with that you can do that you know i don't like i said i kind of regret it but i don't i don't regret doing it to get it over with i regret not having the confidence in myself to be like eh yeah i mean yeah that's the only thing i really regret so a lot of people were like no you have to wait for the right person you'll know when it's right i'm like i didn't know like I just I just wanted to fit in yeah you know and I'm kind of glad I got it over with and then I was able to like experiment yeah properly after exactly so you just go next yeah I'm in my young 20s and I'm feeling really lost in life at the moment 
I've had a breakup. I've put on weight and I'm in a job I don't like. Any advice on life? Wow, this resonates with me. I was going to say you and me, sister, like not like with being in the early 20s or anything like that, but feeling lost and all that. Okay, first thing I will say is that you're in your early 20s. So that on its own, like it's the oldest you've ever been. So you feel like you're not necessarily that young. But trust me, coming from someone who's 30 and 32, you're very young. Yes. Um, going through a breakup is what's going to teach you about yourself, teach you about the boundaries that you want to put up. Mm-hmm. Um, it's going to build character. Going through breakups are actually um, crucial in life. I think that it's it's a good thing to experience breakups. Mm-hmm. It's obviously really hard in the moment. And sometimes the way you navigate through that heartache or pain is through either eating more or getting like really like uh, investing your time and energy in like your work or school. Like that's normally what I would do if I went through a breakup. Um, And a job you don't like, there's going to be so many jobs you're going to have in life probably that you're not going to like. With every job, there's always going to be things that you like and there's always going to be things you don't like. But that's something that you definitely have control over. So if you're really unhappy with your work life, you do have the option to start searching elsewhere and put your mental health in that case first. I was going to say all of the things that she's like stressed about, let's say she has control out of over all those things, like even yeah. with the weight gain, like weight fluctuates throughout your life so like if you wanted to lose weight you can you have the you have the set of skills in order to do that you know if it's something that you really value and something that you really want to do you can do it any of these things like you can get a new job you can you know going through breakup is tough but like as cliche as it is time does heal and it really does and the best thing too uh like to get over someone when you're going through a breakup is like actually no contact like it's just and focus on yourself focus on yourself try not to stalk their social media don't talk to them yeah completely cut them out and just focus on you and what you want going forward and start small so let's say let's tackle like the easier thing first right like right I don't know if it's the job or the weight or whatever, but whatever is easiest to control first that you can like tackle that you want to change, let's say make more positive, do that in baby steps. Yeah. Like maybe start working out, like go for walks, you know, listen to a podcast and go for a long walk, you know, or if you are a member at a gym, you can go on the treadmill and you can do that. Uh, you walk for 30 minutes at 12 incline um, at level three or whatever it is. Yeah. And then there's, or if like you just want to go outside, you can go walk on hills and you can go for a jog. You can do Pilates. There's free things you can do on YouTube. You can follow along at home, which require literally no equipment. There's things you could do like that. And also working out does help with your mental health. It does. Big time. And I, I started getting really into running mm-hmm. when I was like very stressed about school and my future. And like literally around it was in my early 20s. Yeah. I got really into running and I was like, wow, this is something that like really, A, it makes me feel good because I'm going for a run and it's good for my mm-hmm. health. But not only that, every single time I'm finished with one of my runs, I don't feel anxious. I feel very happy. I have a lot of, what is that uh, hormone that's released in your brain that makes you endorphins. feel happy? I have a lot of endorphins. Like it was my number one way of dealing with anything I was going that I was going through. And so, also like 
your early 20s are a huge pivotal uh, transformation point in your life. Like most people going through their early 20s are either graduating school or they're starting a new career. Or they're do- It's a big change for a lot of people. So it's very normal to feel lost and confused at that point in life. And to be completely honest, most early decades you feel that way. Like even yeah. being in the early 30s, you're you're entering a new decade. It's scary. It's unknown. You're like navigating the world. It's hard to live without comparison. Like there's a lot of stuff like that. So I think acknowledging your feelings, knowing they're valid, but also realizing that you're not alone in the situation and you have control over a lot more than you think you do. Yeah. How do you know when he is the one? What are some things you girls saw slash experienced that made you realize that person was perfect or not perfect for you? Uh, you could ask that question. You could answer that because I've never experienced meeting the one. Um, I always, I always hear people say when you know, you know. Okay. So here's the thing. I've been with Dan since I was 21. So like I was young when we started dating. I thought I was old. I was like, I'm 21. I'm so old. Like I was like, I know what I want. The thing with Dan is we actually broke up for a little bit midway through our relationship. We went on a break for like a few months and I actually didn't think he was the one at all. I was like, no, he was just like my first real relationship, my first boyfriend. Like I learned a lot from him, but I don't want this like whatever, you know, but I always knew deep down that I like was so in love with him and that maybe eventually we would be together. It just like wasn't what I wanted in that moment. And then we worked on ourselves separately and came back And I realized, too, that you can actually work separately and still work together. Yeah. Like, and I think going through everything we went through, there was never a moment where I was like, I knew he was the one. It was like, I couldn't imagine my life without him. That's, I think, when I was like, okay, because I always loved him. I never fell out of love with him. It was more just like, we're working so well together now. And a big thing that helped us was couples therapy which a lot of people for some reason still feel shame to do. And I think it's like the best thing you can do because they think like, oh my God, you're going to couples therapy means like you have so many issues. It's like not necessarily for one. And also like it has helped us communicate so well. And yeah, we're not perfect. We're not 100%. No one ever will be that way. But we we catch ourselves when we get into these places of like that we know we're going in this like cycle of arguments or whatever. And we know how to navigate that. And it's helped us so much and made me realize, okay, he's willing to put in so much effort to work on this relationship. And so am I. And we love each other so much. I literally could not picture my life without him. And he couldn't picture his life without me. And that's when I was like, I want to be with this guy. Yeah. You know, I like that. And it's different for everyone. Like also, for example, in your 30s, if you're going to meet someone, let's say you want to get married and have kids. Okay. Things happen a lot faster when you're older. Yeah. When I'm 21, I mean, maybe it's different in different places where you live. Like I know in in the Midwest, people get married quite quickly or like Utah or whatever. Because I follow a lot of influencers from there. But where I live, people only get married at 21. Like that's all a thing. Yeah. So at 21, I was a baby. Yeah. You don't even get, you don't even have kids until you're in your late 20s at yeah. least. Yeah. You know, I mean, there's certain people that do where we live, but it's very, but it's not like, common. it's like, oh, wow, you're very young to like be pregnant yes. if you're 25. Yes. Exactly. Like it's, it's kind of funny that people are considered a young mom to have a kid at 25 where we live, whereas people are considered old in other places to have a kid at 25. Yeah. And it's like, I literally, 25 is the age that Dan and I went on a break. 
Yeah. I, I could not imagine being a mom at 25. Yeah. Like, there's no way. So, um, for me, there was never one moment to know that he was the one. It was just that we had been through so much together and I literally could not picture my life without him. That's kind of how I knew. Yeah. And we were both willing to do the work. Um, I guess when you know, you know, yeah. for whatever reason. I went next. So if you want to read that one or if you want to. Hello, girls. I hope you are doing great. I have a problem that may not sound like one, but I really struggle with this. For the last three months or so, I've been seeing this guy two times a week approximately. Everything is fine and he is the nicest boy I have ever met. He is kind and caring. The problem here is my brain. I don't know if it's anxiety or that I dated the worst kind of men in the past, but I'm super scared and I can't enjoy anything. Every good thing he does, I think to myself, tomorrow he's going to leave. He is going to get bored. He doesn't love me that much. Must be a liar. I don't deserve this. So it might be, it must be a trick, blah, blah, stuff like that. Okay, I could relate to this so much. Wow. Sometimes I actually cry because I'm convinced that he is going to ghost me or something. I don't know. It's super frustrating and sad. My therapist obviously is very patient and I share everything with her, but I would really like your point of view. Thanks in advance and sorry if I said something that I'm actually... Sorry if I said something wrong. I'm actually from South America and my English is not my first language. Oh. Okay, so... First of all, your English is great. Yeah, that was written perfectly. Um... I relate to this like I have such a big guard up because of past trauma and I sometimes think to myself I'm never going to meet anyone because I've never met someone who just understands me and 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 is like mature enough to be on the same wavelength as me and is good at communicating and spoils me and puts me on a pedestal. I've experienced a lot of good traits in other people like Mm -hmm. like things that I really like and I would want to find in someone else but then there was always like a huge part that was yeah very bad yeah um but sometimes I think like there's if if a guy walks in my life like how am I going to be able to handle it like I feel as though everything that you described what's going on in your mind is exactly what's going to happen to me the second I have something really healthy it sucks because you guys experience trauma so you do have a form of ptsd yeah like it's a legit form of ptsd the fact that you can't fully enjoy someone because you're always scared they're gonna leave because you have no trust anymore because people have broke that it's very hard to come back from that but it is possible it's just one of those things that you need to find the confidence in yourself to know that a you will be okay if someone does leave again yeah like that's the main thing is that like it will suck it will hurt for sure but you don't need people as long as you have yourself and two if you really really like someone and they are being extremely nice it it is okay to voice your concerns to be like listen like especially if you're if you've known them for a bit of time now it's kind of like I've been through this I'm a little nervous or standoffish with this um obviously I've never been in that situation recently so i can't fully give proper two cents but i feel like kyla like you've been in a lot of those situations and not a lot <laughs> i don't want people to think i've dated a bunch of toxic people. no 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 i'm i'm sorry like i've i've been through it yes i've and experienced it yes so you know what it's like to feel scared okay so it's something that is actually on my mind a lot because I feel like especially in these past two years alone, I have grown 
so freaking much. Yeah, you have. And I told myself that after my last relationship, I will never, ever settle for less than what I deserve. Like, good. there's just, there's no way. And if that means I'm still single at the age of 35 or 40, like, yes, it's going to freaking suck. And I don't want that to be the case. But you also don't want to settle. I would rather be alone than in a relationship with the wrong person. And so when I do have someone like this is a genuine fear of mine. What if it happens one day where someone walks into my life completely unexpected? I'm head over heels for this person. It's the healthiest relationship I'll ever have. He checks off all of my non-negotiables, which I have a list of non-negotiables in my phone that my therapist told me to write out. And the next time I'm getting to know someone, if that person doesn't check off every single one of those boxes, it's a non-negotiable for me. Okay. Um, What if that person checks off all of these boxes and I still won't be able to be fully happy because I'm going to either think, can I even trust them? Are they just leading me on to get in bed with me are they gonna be talking to a bunch of other girls on the side and i'm gonna have all of this baggage that this person probably won't deserve and it's gonna be really hard to break my walls down like i have i'm so guarded i'm such a guarded person now and it's so sad because when i first started dating obviously i'm way more experienced now but i would just trust everyone like i just thought everyone had the same heart as me I think when it comes to this kind of thing, obviously I'm I'm inexperienced, I'm not a therapist, whatever, but like these are things that you need to work on for yourself. Yeah, exactly. It's things that like you need to have enough trust, which is hard to do when your trust has been broken. That's why these feelings are valid, but it's like you need to also realize that like you deserve to be happy. Men, good men do exist. You know, like I have one, many people have really good men and it will happen eventually. But you also have to allow that to happen to you because if you're never going to allow it in, it's never going to happen. Yeah. Because you're just going to always have this wall up. Yeah. And for myself, I would much rather know what I deserve, not settle, keep the wall down. And although I might get hurt, know that A, I can be okay on my own again and B, know that that person's not right for me and I'm not settling. And yeah. C, the right person will come along. And always follow uh, your intuition. So if your intuition is telling your, yourself that like, I actually trust this guy and I do genuinely think he's a good guy, then that's a good thing. But if there's something that's like, this guy is really nice and he's treating me well, but there's just something up. Like I can't put my finger on it. Mm-hmm. Trust that feeling as well. Because um, you you just don't want to... You need to learn. That's the main thing. But also, Kai, like, the stress of, like, feeling like, okay, I have to be with someone because I'm getting to a certain age, you know? Like, remember... Do you want to talk about this? We can cut it if you don't. What, what that guy said about you, like, oh, there must be something wrong with her. Oh, yeah, we could talk about it. So, like, someone the other... I don't know when it was, but they had meant made a comment to Kyla like there must be something wrong with her if like she's she's still single at this age and this beautiful and blah blah blah. and Kyla was like are you fucking kidding me maybe Uh, I'm just not settling yeah like maybe you've just never experienced 
being on your own and you know growing and not wanting to settle with someone but like, i, I hate know, that was, comment and you know it's so common that people it say actually like the that? person didn't say it to me they said it to someone else and then that person told me and i was like okay well that's kind of mean <laughs> yeah i just think that's like this whole like society thinking that like you need to be with someone at a certain age to like be deemed normal is so dumb that's why i actually really liked the sex in the city show you should actually start watching it because they're all in their 30s and single and they talk about that how like why there's no good single men in the city who are like decent men and then the men will be like oh all the girls that are in their 30s that are single are like psycho or like you know uh it's like it's just so which is just crazy because it's actually the complete opposite i think that it's healthy and more normal to be single as a woman or even as a man well into your 30s Mm -hmm. as opposed to meeting someone and at a very young age mm-hmm. and just being with that person for x amount of time not saying that's a bad thing no. at all because it's very possible to meet someone at a young age and be in a long-term committed relationship mm-hmm. with them and it just works but it's not common and a lot of the time people settle like yep. i i see it firsthand all the time people are settling that's literally what i thought dan and i were doing like before we had our break i thought we were just settling with each other so it's like we can't communicate properly like we're arguing all the time we don't know how to talk like we literally have all these toxic traits from our past with our i don't know if you for me it was my exes i don't think it was he has like really nice exes but like i think it was just other things from his past so i'm just kind of like i'm like yeah we're settling and that's why like we went on a break yeah and then we decided to go to therapy when we reconnected and it completely changed the way we are with each other. I mean, we're not, like I said, we're not perfect, but like you even see how much better we are together and how we oh, talk yeah. to each it's other. Oh, yeah, like night and day. Yeah, so it's like you can still grow with the person that you're with. It, it, it's not like there's a specific You don't need to be book. fully healed and like fully formed to be able to attract the right person yeah. in your life. And that person doesn't need to be fully healed and fully formed as well. Yeah. But are you both compatibly fucked up? <laughs> And are you both willing to make it work? Yeah. Like Dan has really stuck through my shit. Yeah. <laughs> like he's really been there for me <laughs> through a lot of my shit. So the least I could do is go to therapy for him. <laughs> okay. I Hopefully we helped a little bit in that. I don't know if we gave any advice, but hopefully you feel less alone. Um, okay. Let's do like two more. I've been with my fiance for seven years and we are planning our wedding in 2025. Okay, so that's like two years away. Do you have any advice for a gorgeous wedding without it costing us thousands of extra dollars? We are looking for a barn autumn inspired wedding and have our venue booked at, I'm not going to say it. Um, They estimate the cost to be a little over 12 grand. So I'm looking to save where I can, decor, music, flowers, etc. Thank you. Okay, first of all, 12 grand is actually not... I was going to say crazy that's, for that's a wedding. Good. That's actually a very good price for a wedding. So like, that's awesome that you got that. <laughs> I'm just going to say, I don't know what you're, what exactly, um, like you wanting to cut on cost wise, but for myself, what really upped the price for us were all the little things, the little details that like they sell you on. For example, they're like, you can do the regular plastic chairs or you can do these wooden chairs. And I'm like, okay, well, obviously I want the wooden chairs. And it's like a small amount per, like the difference is not that much, but then overall it's a huge difference, right? Yeah. Because they're showing you one versus one. That's how they get you. 
Yeah, well, it's a sales tactic, right? But it's also They show you the ugly chair first, and you're like, okay. And then they show you these really nice chairs. You're like, wow, and they're not that much more expensive. It's only this much more per chair, but then... It adds up. And then, for or like cutlery. They're like, do you want the silver or do you want the gold? And I was like, "Mm, I want the gold. Because like, look. And it's all these little details, which, yeah, you could easily say no for. And the venue that I was at, so this is like my experience. I I don't know anyone else, but I'm all of... Basically, they supplied everything at this venue. The only thing I had to do separate was the DJ and the cake. They did the food, the flowers, the decor, like the organizing of everything. So I went just with them and they had a booklet of like all their costs of everything. So if I wanted to stay in a specific budget, I could do that. Um, I definitely could not stay in a 12 grand budget like that was that's not with the amount of people we had and we didn't even have a huge wedding. Well, I remember um, I'm not going to give anything away at all. But like I remember going with you to the venue a few like it was a week before the wedding. Yeah. And you had to make the last payment. And just the last payment was more than 12. Yeah. I was like, what? Yeah, it was very, very expensive. Um, more than I would like to admit, to be honest. I mean, not as crazy as maybe people are. I mean, listen, it was amount. such a gorgeous wedding, and like everyone had so much fun, and like I'll remember that night for the yeah, rest I know. of my life. It was, so, like, I would pay it over and over again to experience it. Was, it, it was beautiful. I don't have one regret. I remember that when I was standing. <clears throat> this is like complete side note. I was like standing with the other uh, bridesmaids right before you're about to walk down the aisle and like all of a sudden all this anxiety came over me <gasps> and I was like I'm literally gonna have a panic attack and like run away <laughs> <laughs> wonderful <laughs> love that love that yeah. memory of my wedding day for yeah. you <laughs> and I was like and Kat was standing I think she was right in front of me and Tess was right in back of me and they, everyone was like laughing and having fun I was like I'm just gonna completely focus on what Kat is saying right now so I'll distract my brain from like my anxiety <laughs> and uh cat was just like making the funniest freaking jokes ever and so I, yeah. yeah and so i just like started laughing and like i started to feel so much better but i think the anxiety just came from like all the emotions it was like i can't handle this right now and i saw mama putting a picture of papa like in her oh my God, stop. pocket and i was like i just can't deal with this right now and i'm gonna literally you're gonna see me sprinting off in the forest <laughs> not runaway bride runaway bridesmaid <laughs> oh my god and then like seeing dan when you started walking down the aisle i was like this is too much for me oh my god my friend derek literally said that he uh got choked up when he saw dan's face because dan was like bawling yeah because dan is wait was derek in the the in dan's no 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 he was just a guest okay okay but um he dan is like a very emotional person people don't realize that because he's very like tough and whatever but he is a jokester he cries very easily like he's a very easy crier he'll watch something sad and cry like on tv i know he's like he's not scared to show that side of him which i always really liked like literally when we first started dating he we're talking about something emotional he started crying and i was like oh my god i was like not used to it you're like ew (laughs) no i actually (laughs) liked it i was like oh come here it's okay (laughs) but yeah people like don't realize that he cries so easy so they're like he was like fully bawling on her wedding day and people were like not used to seeing him like that so they're like oh my god is he okay I'm like, it's just Dan. Meanwhile, I'm blind. I can't see anything because I didn't You're have like, my glasses. You're like, wait, why is your face wet? <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, so my best friend is planning her wedding right now. I'm like going through everything with her as one of her bridesmaids. And like a big way that they're saving on cost is like doing things like DIY. 
Okay. So like flour, decor, certain things you can definitely like flowers are so expensive. That's like one of the most expensive parts of my wedding was like the greenery and the flowers. So okay, yeah. you can definitely cut costs on that. There's ways around everything, you know, instead of having an MC and a DJ, you can do just a playlist, which is what um, I think my sister-in-law did for her wedding, which not everyone likes. They like to have the MC <laughs> there to get the crowd going and the <laughs> games, but you don't have to do that. But I'm thinking of like those funny videos that you see online when like, uh, like the bride just like faints or the groom faints or something. <laughs> they fall in the water. <laughs> I'm like, that was me. <laughs> I was like literally lightheaded, like holding onto cat. I was like, oh my, my god, eyes were like rolling back in my head practically. Okay, here let's let's do one more. Um, one more. Yeah, we'll do one more. Sorry, this might be TMI, but I'm wondering if you can give some advice on how to keep things interesting in the bedroom. My partner and I have been together for five years, and he is. He has a really high sex drive and I don't. I feel like I can't keep up and I'm usually too tired to do the things he wants to do, aka role play, etc. How do people keep their sex drive going? Watch porn. <laughs> Kyla. <laughs> With your partner. Use a vibrator. Here's the thing. I learned recently, I'm not a doctor, obviously. No one's thinking I'm a doctor, but like your hormones play such a huge role in your sex drive so like if your hormones are out of whack for whatever reason it's going to really affect your sex drive and you can't just like make yourself have a sex drive like you need to get yourself balanced in order to have I mean some people have a higher sex drive like your partner and some people have a lower sex drive for sure you never want to force yourself to do it so often to the point where you're going to resent your partner but you also want to be able to meet in the middle somewhere right yeah and actually enjoy sex because that's like the best part of it is like enjoying yeah, it. yeah when it starts to feel like a chore every single time that sucks that's so shitty so like maybe look into the reason as to why you feel like you have a lower sex drive or if you are normal but your partner has such a high sex drive Maybe try talking to him a little bit about it, you know, like, listen, I'm, I can't keep up with you. I, I can't do it as often as you. But like, you have that open conversation because like there was a point in our relationship with Dan and I that it was definitely like that. Like, I did not have a very high sex drive and he did. And I felt very much like, Ugh, like, I just don't want to do it. And I never wanted to force myself to do it because I was like, I don't like that. I, want, I don't want to resent him or whatever. A big thing for me was like getting healthy. Like as weird as that sounds, I don't, I'm not saying that's what you need to do, but that's what worked for me was like m my hormones were kind of, I guess, out of whack. I got off birth control. I started like eating very balanced, like working out very uh, regularly, trying to get the best sleep I could. So instead of staying up super late and getting up early, I would go to bed at a reasonable hour and try to get a good night's sleep. And it actually really helped. Yeah. And also experimenting in the bedroom. I know you said you're not super into role playing or whatever, but there are things like adding a vibrator honestly changed my sex life. Okay, so I was just going to say like a vibrator is should be a guy's best friend 100%. and not an enemy. Mm -hmm. um, and so maybe something that you can do to kind of get yourself in the mood is like use your vibrator before you guys even start doing any yeah. type of like uh, foreplay and like you know the build up to actually doing the act mm -hmm. like use your vibrator and like maybe maybe uh try different things and see what you like and what you don't like like i know for me for a long time 
um i just didn't know what i liked yeah same so it wasn't even anything on the guy it's like i just i had never experimented Mm -hmm. i didn't like watch porn or anything i didn't um have a vibrator like i i literally just put all of the responsibility responsibility on the guy and like and that's not fair if he was doing something i didn't like i didn't know how to tell him like oh i don't like this do this instead because it's Mm -hmm. like i didn't know what the instead was exactly um so yeah try different things and like maybe even like watch porn videos that that turn you on like oh i like i like this video because of this and like show your boyfriend but like also experimenting by yourself to know what you like and like for example if you're you're with your partner for almost five years now like you should be comfortable enough to to talk about this with your partner to to experiment with things i find that so much fun like you know sometimes people they feel like kind of embarrassed or shy to talk about these things with their partner i've been there so i get it yeah but i used to be like that also at the same time it's like it's just so much fun to like it literally babe do you want to try something new and like you look up videos of like other people trying different things and then like but also not even that like it's supposed to feel good yeah so like if you're finding new ways to feel really good why is that such a shameful thing and you know that the sex is good when you're completely out of your head and you're just so in the moment and like feeling amazing sometimes alcohol helps too yeah, I don't know if you drink, but sometimes I mean, having getting a little tipsy here and there, flirting throughout the day. Sometimes Dan and I will send each other like flirty text messages, and like there are certain things now that because I'm so comfortable in my relationship and like I know what I like now. And we've experimented in so many different ways and like tried out so many different new things. Like I get excited. Obviously, there's still dry spells that happen because of like, let's say I'm starting my period or like, I don't know. It's like things happen in life. You you get stressed about stuff, whatever. Like that's normal. But if day to day, like you're in a place where you're like, I can't keep up with his sex drive. I don't know what to do. It's like there's definitely things you can do. Sometimes it's also fun. TMI. We're going to tell mom and dad not to listen to this episode. But mom, if you're listening, I don't know if daddy listens. No, we're just going to tell her beforehand. Because I don't want her to get to this point. I don't want her to listen. <laughs> okay. Well, even like, if you do, stop listening. Sometimes it's even just fun. Like, it could turn you on to, like, let's say you guys are cooking dinner together. Mm-hmm. And then, like, you just get, like, touchy feel with him and then, like, just give him a blowjob. Yeah. And you guys don't even have sex. It kind of, like, tricks your brain into thinking, like, oh, my God, I'm so into this. I'm so into mm-hmm. him. And then when you guys do eventually have sex, it's, like, mm-hmm. better. You know, like, be spontaneous like that. I and agree. I know that most guys, like they i don't know any guy that would complain about their girlfriend just wanting to give them a blowjob randomly yeah but i do know too like as a parent it is harder to be a bit more spontaneous with that kind of stuff because like you have children but the second they're in bed it's just like there's still moments that you can in different ways like i don't know i I don't want to like give away like my sexual things that i like but it's just like there's certain ways that I know now what turns me on. I know what d- turns down on. Like I know what we're comfortable with and what gets us in the mood. Yeah. And we have a very, very sexy, sexy. <laughs> we have a very healthy sex life. Yeah. And I think a big reason as to why we have that is because we're both aware of what we like and what we're comfortable with. And it just works well now. But it didn't used to always be like that. So don't think that like you're 
you're not compatible or like, oh my God, I'm like so not in that place. Like you can get there. You just have to be open and honest with your partner. We actually don't have that much time. So we're going to end this. We'll do a part two. If you want us to do more advice um, episodes, we'll leave our little forum thing as a highlight on Instagram. You can follow us at Tell Me Sis Podcast on Instagram. You can also follow us on TikTok. Rate us five stars on Spotify and Apple Podcasts. It really does help us a lot because the more... Um, we get obviously we'll be able to get more sponsorships which then will make so, make it so that we can like upgrade our equipment and continue doing this for a longer period of time and we just appreciate you so much and we'll talk to you next week thank you guys so much for listening bye bye